0: This is Ruth Haley Barton, and you're listening to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. And today I'm here with my friend and colleague Steve Weens, who is pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome, Steve. Good to be with you again. Third Sunday of Lent.
1: Great to be with you, Ruth. I love it.
0: Well, you know, we are staying within the gospel reading, the gospel account of Jesus and his time in the wilderness. Being tempted by the evil one and eventually being strengthened by the angels um, through his encounter with God there. And we've just kept this as our context because we believe this is such a wilderness time for pastors that it's good for us just to continue to seek Jesus, to seek God in the wilderness and to seek the good things that happen in the wilderness, the self-awareness, the self-examination. Um the temptations to face really honestly the temptations of our life as leaders but also to look at practices that help us to move through them and to do something productive in our lives spiritually speaking and so in this third sunday of lent reading into the third sunday uh, using cycle c of the revised common lectionary we're talking today about seeking god while he may be found That is what we're wanting to do in this episode. And so to begin our time together, Steve is going to read from Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 9, and this is the Old Testament reading for the third Sunday of Lent.
1: Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the people. A leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know. And nations that... Do not know you shall run to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts.
0: Hmm. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, Steve, I don't know about you, but I see a couple of really strong temptations in this passage. And the first one is this temptation to invest in that which does not satisfy. And in fact, it's put to us as a question, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? So it's, it's about money, but it's also, I think, a metaphor for investing, you know, spending your time and your energy and your thoughts, giving anything at all to that which does not satisfy And that, I think that's a real temptation, especially in the season that we've been in in the last couple of years where we're so exhausted and so stressed that most of us could probably admit to some kind of addictive behaviors or things like that, that just keep us from that, which satisfies you. How do you read that? Like, what is, what's in this passage for you?
1: Well, I mean, I don't. I don't, you know, indulge in numbing behaviors, Ruth. I mean, that's, oh no, that's of not course you don't. That.
0: No, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's immediately where I go. Come on, like, Steve. Like, give like, me so, some credit. No, I, I, of course, I am kidding big time. I absolutely could name to you the things that I indulge in that don't satisfy at first seem to satisfy. That mm-hmm. that's the trick, or else they wouldn't. The writer wouldn't say, why yeah. do you indulge in? Mm-hmm. Why do you buy things that they don't satisfy? If they really didn't ever satisfy, we wouldn't do it. So what we're talking about is, is the illusion of satisfaction or or I guess what I would say is like, why do I settle for that which satisfies so temporarily mm-hmm. and then maybe even leaves me even hungrier or even yeah. thirstier? And- or even
0: more exhausted. Or even more exhausted. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Why is it? So th- I think that's the question. And it's kind of a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. But I think we can all get there because the when you're exhausted, when I'm exhausted, I'll say for me, when I'm exhausted, when I've been uh, working at things for a long time in ministry that I'm not sure if they're really making a difference or working, mm-hmm. that's when I'm tempted to just go, you know what? I just need something. I just need something, even if it's temporary, even if it's temporary, I need something that makes me feel a little bit better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And honest, okay, here's me being really honest. For a, for little snippets of time and places, I think that's really okay. I, I don't think that's even bad or wrong. I really honestly don't. But then when you notice it's been a long time since you felt mm-hmm. really satisfied in yeah. the deep, true soul way, and you keep trying to get satisfied from the same old way, and you know it's not satisfying you in any way. Then the question comes to us: Why do we? Why do we continue to do that? And so, for me, that's how I translate that. Is that does that resonate? Mm-hmm. Do you resonate with that, Ruth?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think in the last couple of years too, it's been so hard and painful, and there's been such a limit to what we can choose that people you know, and and myself included, we choose these numbing behaviors because number one, there hasn't been as many options, but then number two, life has just seemed harder and weightier. And so we almost feel like we deserve it. You know, like it's just been so (laughs) hard. I I deserve (laughs) this escapist behavior, you know? And I really agree with what you said that there are, there are some times when it really is the right thing to, escape in some appropriate way you know just give yourself a break from thinking so many heavy thoughts and working so hard at everything and it's i think what i've noticed in the last couple of years is that it's become more patterned yeah you know yeah and so to me this this lenten season is a really really good time to reflect on are are there patterns in my life that have that are more weighted toward escapism versus actually doing something that's life-giving and sustaining for myself. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that this could be the place where an appropriate practice of fasting could be considered, you know, yep. where we're trying to identify those things that we know in the end when we engage them in a patterned way, they don't do anything that's substantive and good for us. Mm-hmm. They drain, mm-hmm. they siphon off our energies. They help us to fritter our time away so that we're not using our time towards things that are of greatest value. And that might be the invitation we might hear for this next week of Lent or for the rest of Lent or whatever. And that is, how can I abstain from things that I know have become negative patterns or not life-giving patterns? How can I abstain so I can choose that which is life indeed, you know?
1: hmm yeah, and I so when we talk about fasting, I, I think I have some energy to frame it in a certain mm-hmm.
0: way. Yeah. Well, I good. have
1: felt at times that I with my thing that I've chosen to fast over Lent, the the emphasis quickly switches to conquering Lent. Mm-hmm. By yeah, another sure place I, where
0: you can succeed. Yes. I'm going yes. to have a successful Lent.
1: <laughs> yes. And so, you know. Oh, the feast day! It's fine to mm-hmm. go ahead and indulge even more than normal, and That's you know right. and I normally would on you feast just day.
0: Make up for what you didn't yeah. do the whole yeah. rest of the yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: I average out the same, but I, you know, um, no. But but and and I think maybe that has some value. Sure, maybe that has some just breaking some addictive patterns. Value, you know. Mm. But I also believe there's a deeper way to practice fasting and that is not saying at the beginning of Lent that I will never take a bite of chocolate, but instead Mm -hmm. to say, if chocolate's your thing, to say before I habitually grab for that chocolate at the time that I normally would, I'm instead going to sit for a moment of maybe for five minutes, maybe for 10 minutes and say... I may or may not choose to eat that chocolate, but what I am going to try to do right now is sit with what I'm really hungry for. Sit with what I'm really yearning for. Sit with what I really want. See if I can click down a couple of layers below this, you know, legitimate but pretty surface layer of wanting chocolate. And when I've done that in the past, what I have noticed at times is my – feeling that I really need that chocolate ebbs, uh, flows, and then ebbs. It, 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 I can see it rising. And then if I don't give into it, I actually see it falling. And it doesn't, it's not as big as it used to be. And then I'm, I'm, I'm able to say, you know, actually, I want some connection. You know, like I need a good conversation with a friend, so maybe I'll I'll call up one of my friends, and and that's has that has happened to me. That very pattern that I just described. So I think that level of fasting can be helpful too. I think both are helpful, but I would want to nuance it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. I really think that your phrase, conquer Lent, is, is really important. That idea does feed into this idea that we're going to be successful in our spiritual lives, and we bring that performance-oriented drivenness even to a season of self-examination like Lent. Yes. So, yes. so I just, I thought that was such a great way to articulate that, you know, that we yeah. can go into Lent, you know, trying to conquer it, trying to be successful at it, you know, versus um, letting it be the the season that it needs to be for us,
1: can I ask you? yeah, how do you how do you experience investing in that which doesn't satisfy? What does that look like in your life, Ruth?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think i I might have mentioned this in the season with Adele, but it's still with me. It's still something I'm working with, and that is that during covid, because there was so much going on in both having to do with COVID and also having to do with the political season that we were in at that time that I started watching the news and I have not been that. I have not been a person who orders their life around watching the news my whole entire life. I've not been that kind of person, but then, you know, the COVID numbers, like on our TV stations, they would give you the COVID numbers and I just wanted to hear the numbers, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then because things were so crazy and wacky in the political scene you know, you almost—it was the kind of thing you didn't want to see it, but you couldn't stop watching. <laughs> yes, it was like you a, know? a car well, crash. Like, about what's to happening happen? now? Because it's all beyond comprehension. You know, like mm-hmm. none of this is anything I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I just—you know—and over time, that became the filler for me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when I was too tired to do anything more productive and you know i would sit and watch the news and you know you, you there's a continuous loop where they keep repeating the same news you know yeah. every every hour they and you, but you just sit and watch it anyway and i'm like this is just not who i've ever yeah. experienced myself to be what is going on here mm-hmm. and so to begin to see that as something that is is spending my 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 time on that which really 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 does not satisfy like truly and then on top of that it gets you all riled up in a way that you can't sleep after that. And, you know, and sleep is something we all do really need. And so even to watch those behaviors that don't set you up well to sleep, like any addiction at all to, to screens, when there's so much evidence right now that any kind of blue light an hour before you go to bed is, you know, going to keep you awake. It's going to interrupt your sleep, but we're, we're still so drawn as though it were that important, it doesn't satisfy Mm -hmm. the deeper need, which would be to sleep well. But instead I'm, I've got to check, you know, I've got to scroll through my, my apps one more time or something like that. So I do think that there are some actual, you know, you can think about the stereotypical things that we might fast from, you know, mentioned chocolate or alcohol or whatever, but I think there's some other more subtle things too, that we would do really well to pay attention to how we are spending our money or our labor or our time or our energy or our focus, you know, those are all things that are limited in their amount and the quantity of them while we're on this earth, living in human bodies. And what are we giving them away for? And is there something else that we want more so that you're, to your point, creating that little tiny bit of space before we, like, before I turn on the news Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, or before Mm -hmm. I'm not a chocolate person, but before you grab for the chocolate or before you grab the, you know, the the drink, what Mm -hmm. is it that I'm really needing and wanting right now? What would be life giving? What would be truly sustaining versus just distracting? Mm -hmm. Um, What would be full rather than leave me feeling more empty? Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: that takes real discipline. It takes like, like you said, stopping Mm -hmm. and creating that gap Mm -hmm. between the longing and the actual reaching for the thing and Mm -hmm. saying, okay, what is it? What is it that I I really need right now or that I really want right now? And so I think this is extremely important for leaders right now because I think even with the stress that that we've all been under, sometimes we've become less disciplined in the best possible sense because we feel like I deserve this. I've been working so hard or life has been so stressful. I deserve this escape it's 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 a different thing that's happened in the last couple of years in that in that area
1: i i agree and i think that's why it's important for us to say what we said Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: you know all all escape isn't bad all Mm -hmm. indulgence isn't bad but i loved your phrase what's distracting versus what's satisfying you know and I think I've had, I, I think I'm in a season with my phone right now, or it's I'm using it for distraction. I, I'm mm-hmm. much more than I should, much more than is healthy, much more than is in any way satisfying. And what I'm finding is, you know, I'll, you know, because it's like I'll open it up, and then who knows what's going to come at me. But if it's a headline that all of a sudden triggers mm-hmm. me or pulls me in, um, one of our Transforming Center teammates was talking about. Uh, you, you know, looking at stuff that makes me angry, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of feel that anger and and then was saying that, you know, at the end of the day that, that it wasn't helping me to become the kind of person that I wanted to become. And I felt like that was really, I really resonated with that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll read, I'll read a news story about the bad guys mm-hmm. <laughs> on the political side, and just to get a sense of self-righteousness, Anger going as if that was satisfying. And it's, it's just not, you know? So I think again, noticing, I loved it. What you said, noticing those things that we're indulging in that are distracting us from, you know, the really good stuff that Isaiah 55 says, the rich food, the wine, Mm -hmm. the stuff like, why do you, why would you, why would you buy stuff that yuck? It's not even bread. And, and, and it's a compelling question for each one of us to sit with, yeah. without and judging yeah, ourselves. Exactly, you know?
0: no judgment here. Just noticing and seeing Lent as a possi- as an opportunity, a possible opportunity to look at some of these patterns and say mm, that that yeah. isn't so good anymore. I know I've done that the last couple of years, but I think it's time, mm-hmm. you know, to take an audit here and yeah say that that's just not helpful, you know yeah. the other thing about the the twenty four hour news cycle is that I think well we all know that it is designed to keep us in fear and anxiety, yeah. yep, and so the more that you watch it, the more that you engage it, the more you're going to have this feeling the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and it's harder to to manage the part of us that does fear for our survival and our security and all of that, you know, it puts us, it's meant to put us in this fear mode and it's meant to keep us tied, Mm -hmm. you know, to that, that particular outlet. So that we have to come, keep coming back to see what the answer is going to be. What's the solution going to be? Are we going to be at war tomorrow? I mean, you know,
1: (laughs) It's really insidious. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. So, In some ways, I know the idea of fasting can feel very heavy to some of us, but in another way, let's not forget that fasting is really for our freedom. It's so that Mm -hmm. we move through life with more freedom and more choice because we're confronting those things that seem to have power over us, you know? So in that way, it's actually quite encouraging to know that I'm actually cultivating my own freedom Mm -hmm. by thinking about what I might choose to let go of, you know? Um, And it's too bad that that fasting is seen that way, because in some ways you could also see fasting as being choosing your deepest, your heart's deepest desire versus, you know, versus numbing tonight. I would really rather be present with my loved ones, you know. Yeah, Um, I would really like a good conversation with my spouse or and in fact, there's a topic I'd love to talk about. So maybe if we don't turn Mm -hmm. on the news, maybe we Mm -hmm. could actually have a conversation. You're actually going for your deeper desire Mm -hmm. if you fast from the thing that's more on the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you, you get to the end and you're like, oh, that was really satisfying, you know?
1: Yeah. And don't you think too, sometimes you just need to disrupt the pattern to even find out mm-hmm. what it is that you're, what it is that you're longing mm-hmm. for. Like you don't, right. you don't even know. It's you don't not even it's, know because it's been no. so
0: long. Yeah. 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 You paid attention. Yeah. You
1: don't know that you yeah. want connection. You don't know that. Uh, but, yeah. but when you take that moment, that pause to say, I could, I could do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but if I didn't, what would rise up to the surface? I think that's instructive, you know. Yeah, so fasting that
0: leads to freedom, fasting yes. that opens us up to our heart's deepest desires versus the more on the surface one. Okay, well, there's one more. I don't know. I see another really big temptation in here. I see the temptation here to rely on our own thoughts rather than God's thoughts and ways. Where my, you know, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heaven heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Wow. I mean, I think about as leaders, how tempting it is to rely on my ability to think and to strategize and to get new ideas and to do research and to read books and to go to conferences and to do all the things that give me some, hopefully I'm hoping for some silver bullet, you know, that solves whatever <laughs> issue we're facing, you know, and I get to come riding back on the white horse saying, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. I think that there's a particular application of this for leaders right now where all of us are facing things that are far beyond our ability to think our way through, but we keep thinking we're going to be able to think our way into solutions and that we're going to find our way. And there's really very little reliance and waiting upon God for the thoughts and the ways that God might bring. I'm concerned about this for the church writ large right now, that we're so anxious to get back to normal. And we're so anxious to see if we're going to even be able to get our people back into the pews. And so anxious, you know, to see if we can get on with something that there's just not enough waiting on God for God's thoughts and God's ways for us coming out of this.
1: I like how you're characterizing this because I think there's a way in which you can read that. God's thoughts are not your thoughts and God's ways are not your ways as a way of like, oh, just don't even, you know, God is so much higher than you that you'll never understand mm-hmm. it. And I, that's not the invitation there. I think the invitation is exactly what you're saying, is that, you know, God's ways are are deeper than your ways. And God wants to bring those ways to you and those mm-hmm. thoughts to you in ways that you can handle so that you can be helped and saved. um, And they are you know, dare I say better, you know, they're, they're, they're better than my thoughts. They're better than my solutions and they bring freedom and not slavery. And so God longs to, and so in the same way, like, why would you, why would you invest in your own solutions and your own thoughts all the time when there is a God who longs to bring to you that, which is really good. That which really does work a pattern of living that is, Good and just and wise, you know. I think that's the inference there. That's what we can infer is 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 flowing right out of that, you know. And so, I'm curious about that. I'm desperate enough. I'm tired enough of of relying on my tired thoughts and tired (laughs) solutions. Honestly, how do we? So how do we start? And I mean this as a real question. How do we start? Because it's a process, but start to tap into those ways and thoughts of God.
0: Well, I think I just noticed this, that there's this amazing connection between verse six here and verse eight, because he uses the word for, for your thoughts, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. So there's a connection, you know, back to the verses Mm -hmm. previous. So seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near, let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon for, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. So this brings us back to what we're talking about here and that is seeking God while he be found and I, and I was just wondering could we even stop for for a few weeks like yeah. in Lent? Yeah. Could we just stop trying to figure stuff out mm-hmm. and rest ourselves in God and seek to settle for one thing, mm-hmm. to settle, like like last week we talked about centering prayer as a way of kind of letting go of all of our human programs for trying to secure our own safety and security and survival. If we're going to stop that, could we, could we wait and could we just remain in this open posture and say, I'm going to wait on you, God, because you, you promise, you promise Mm -hmm. that you can be found. You promise Mm -hmm. and you promise to share your ways with us. You're very generous with yourself, you know, when we can Mm -hmm. create some space and to just say, say, We're going to halt our own thinking for a few weeks. Yes. Wow. Wow. Just
1: be with the waiting.
0: Yes. And be with God in the wilderness, in this wilderness of our unknowing, you know, that would be really counterintuitive, but.
1: But it sounds like what Jesus is saying in Luke four, with the first temptation to turn stones into Mm -hmm. bread. When he goes, well, actually, no, man does not live by bread alone, but by the very words of God. And mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing that. That's not exactly the quote. But, um, y- you know, we do not live by our own thoughts and solutions, bread. Um, mm-hmm. There's something more that's required, something more that we need. And can we have the courage to sit and wait for it? I, I love the invitation to put aside solving problems for a couple weeks, put aside mm-hmm. solving it. Put aside figuring out how we're going to make it through this time and into the next chapter. Put aside all that stuff and simply, not simply because it's not simple, but but simply meaning like putting our focus on waiting for God. I like that invitation. For me, that sounds like sitting down into a chair of grace and believing and just giving up on... <laughs> on the striving nature of trying to solve the problem. It's so exhausting.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we're all tired. We're all tired from it. I mean, I'm just I every every pastor I meet with doesn't even want to talk about like Yeah. You know, well what are you doing to make it Ugh. It
0: just all sounds
1: so <laughs> gross. You know? So I think we're ready for it. You know, that's the good mm-hmm. news. I, I think many of us are just Yeah, ready. when you've
0: gotten to the end of your own rope. Yeah. Yeah Maybe there's a willingness to try something else.
1: So Ruth, we've we've talked about uh, the temptation to trust in our own thoughts and ideas rather than God's thoughts and ideas. So what would be a practice to help us to do that?
0: Well, it's challenging, I think. Um, but I, I think one of the things that might be helpful to us is to be brave enough to look back over the last couple of years and even what's been going on the last few months and to... Notice what we've called consolation and desolation, kind of an Ignatian way of reflecting on our lives. Um, Because I think the temptation right now would be either to go back and just try to get back to normal and do everything the way we used to do it or um, start to offer things because we know we can do it now, but we haven't really discerned that we should. I'm I'm very concerned about that as well. Um, That's, you know, none of that relying on, trying to get back to normal or just falling into offering what we've learned how to offer because we now know how to do it. Neither one of those are very discerned responses, I don't think. But we know from the book of Deuteronomy and, and also John 10 that God has given us um, a tool for discernment, and that is how we experience life in our own bodies through consolation and desolation. And so even to have some courage during a little tiny bit of a break that you might be giving yourself from, you know, just doing stuff all the time to pay attention to what has been life-giving in the last couple of years or what has been deadening and draining. And it's, it takes courage because sometimes we have these preconceived ideas of what we have to do. Like, well, we have to do this or we have to do that. Well, but who says, and maybe not. And yeah. Could we pay attention to what was truly, even if it's just one small thing that we actually found to be life-giving? Like I found it to be life-giving not to be so busy on Sundays. Hmm. Well, could we be courageous enough to look at that and say, if I'm feeling that way, maybe somebody else is too. And should we talk about that? You know, that would be, that would be brave. That would be courageous. So could we take some time to seek God deep within in these temples where God tells us that we're able to discern that which gives life, that which leads us away from life in our bodies. Could we be courageous enough to notice those things and to actually wonder if God is inviting us to choose more life, more of that which is life and that God is speaking to us about those things in the depth of our being and if we could just get quiet enough we could hear it and acknowledge enough and be courageous enough to wonder about maybe making some changes and choosing life both for ourselves and for others
1: that sounds good and courageous and beautiful
0: (laughs) wow well you know i think that our psalm for this week really does encourage this psalm 63 beautiful words here. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. So what we're talking about here really is a version of the examen that traditional classic Christian practice of the examen of consciousness right now is what we're talking about our conscious awareness of life and death where life was flowing into us where life was draining out of us so we're encouraging each and every one of you to take some time to pay attention to those inner dynamics of your body and soul. For those of you who are Patreon supporters, we're going to actually give you a guided meditation over on Patreon just to help you walk through a time of paying attention to consolation and desolation and just giving you some really kind of practical guidance in a meditation for your practice.
1: Yeah, you know, Ruth, I, I think uh, that practicing this kind of guided examination is so helpful in terms of, reflecting on those areas in our lives where there's consolation and desolation. Honestly, I, I go, I move in and out of that practice according to where I'm at in my life. And really lately the practice of paying attention to that, which brings consolation to me and that which brings desolation has really helped me find where God is in, in a season. Mm-hmm. that was very confusing. So yeah, amen to that. I'm glad we're making that available for, you know, for mm-hmm. people. It's going to be so good. And it
0: takes courage, right? Oh. I mean, it takes courage to really say, this does give me life and this does not. And I'm going to follow and choose life. That takes a lot of courage.
1: I almost always have to dig through some fear, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's
1: typically for me, not just like, oh, yes, consolation, so obvious. Desolation, so obvious. Mm-hmm. It's... It, it requires me to, to, to press through some layers of fear, to follow the consolation and to, and to name the desolation. Because Mm -hmm. for me, it's typically been stuff that is, you know, it's it's almost never stuff that's terrible that I'm walking away from. It's usually good stuff. It's just, Oh, that's not, that's not where life is right now. That's, that's not Mm -hmm. where, that's not where grace is right now. It's not where invitation or light is right now. So, yeah. It takes a lot of courage, but it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Cause yeah. it leads to freedom. It leads to freedom. Mm-hmm. So, whew. uh, do you have a prayer that you'd like to close us with?
0: So this is a, an interpretation of Psalm 139 that Henry Nouwen has put into a prayer. So I think this might capture something of what we need right now as we close. Yahweh, you examine me and know me, you know, when I sit, When I rise, you understand my thoughts from afar. You watch when I walk or lie down. You know every detail of my conduct. God, examine me and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. Make sure that I am not on my way to ruin. And guide me on the road to eternity. Amen. Amen.